Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, everybody, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Got my Boston Red Sox mug with me today. It's the classic emblem there, Boston Red Sox. I've been a lifelong Boston Red Sox fan, and it was very difficult, I want to admit, as a child, especially living in a New York Yankees home. Uh, But round about 2004, things got better, and they have remained better for a number of years now. So thank you, Boston, for helping me out when my emotional distress. Um, We're in Revelation chapter 7, as you know. We talked a little bit about the throne room of God again last episode and how John had this view of earth. Remember chapter 6 and the six seals? There are seven seals, but we talked about six of them uh, back in chapter number 6. And just how horrific uh, things were on earth as he viewed some of the events of the tribulation. And then we talked about the 144,000 evangelists and their mission during the tribulation period to proclaim Christ and to speak of the efficacy of the blood of Christ and the, the impact that they have uh, on earth as a great multitude of people, every kindred, every nation, every tribe, every tongue have come to Christ and, and been saved. And although they have suffered martyrs' deaths, uh, they are nonetheless alive and well uh, before the throne of God, praising Him and thanking Him for His power, His sovereignty, but most of all, for His salvation. So here we are in Revelation chapter 7 and verse number 11. So look there, please, if you would, uh, where the Bible says, and all the angels... So who is watching as these multitudes of people are praising God? These tribulation saints are just effusively praising God for salvation. Who's watching? Well, of course, we know that John is watching. God has given him a sneak peek view here. But the Bible says that the angels, all the angels stood round about the throne. Can you picture that? All the angels. I wonder how many there were. Just millions upon millions, no doubt. They were standing about the throne. And the Bible says, and about the elders and the four beasts uh, fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God. So the fact that these tribulation saints are worshiping has caused these angels that stood about the throne uh, and about the elders and the four beasts, these, these bystanders, if you will, it causes them to praise God. Now, what's very interesting is that the angels don't know what to think, really, about redemption because the angels have not sinned. The angels are they that kept their first estate. They did not side with Satan. They have remained faithful. And they don't really understand redemption's story. They can understand, I guess, intellectually. They can understand it from the standpoint of a bystander, But they really don't know from the inside out the wonder of salvation. 
I like what the Bible says in Ephesians uh, chapter number four, how that there are things, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter number five, that there are things that even the angels desire to look into. The church is instructing the angelic realm, the principalities and powers. They're learning things about God by watching us. First uh, Peter chapter one talks about how uh, the Old Testament saints didn't always understand all that the prophets were prophesying about the coming of Christ, which things also the angels desire to look into. So, wow, those of us that know Christ as Savior, those of us that have experienced His grace and the forgiveness of our sins, there are things that we know experientially that even the angels don't know. And there ought to be something special and something effusive and something passionate about our praise to God because we know where we came from. We know what he did for us. We know what he saved us from. There ought to be something so passionately special about that that it causes the angels to take notice and it causes them to want to praise the God that would forgive them, uh, forgive that kind of person. You think about it. The angels really are not only bystanders at the throne of God, but angels have been bystanders to this whole drama for thousands of years. You know, angels are eternal creatures. They were created and they continue to live. So the angels that minister to you, sometimes we call them guardian angels. You know, they, they have known you your whole life. Uh, they knew uh, perhaps your parents or grandparents, they've watched the unfolding drama of history for these 6,000 years. They've seen the, the degradation of man. They, they've seen the way that we've rebelled against God. They've seen the, the, the way that we in private places have turned our backs upon God and not been cons consistent in our faith. And yet God over and over and over and over again has forgiven us and given us other chances and has been merciful and gracious to us. And here at the throne room, when these tribulation saints are just praising God, representative of all the nations and all the tribes and all the, the languages of the world, it causes these angels just to praise God for his mercy, for his grace in saving people like this and preserving them and bringing them to this place. This must have been an awesome sight for John. This will be an awesome thing that will happen in the future. Wow. To see praise upon praise, the praise of men and then the praise of angels. But look, if you would, at verse number 12, uh, where the Bible goes on to say, saying, Amen. So verse 11, they, they stood around about the throne, about the elders and the four beasts. Remember, we saw them in chapter number four. They fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying. So here's a part of their worship. Here's part of the verbalization of their praise to God, where it says, Amen. And I think most of us know that the word Amen means so be it. God, you're right. So be it, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever, amen. What a chorus, 
What a chorus that's going to be. A chorus, a cacophony of praise uh, to God. I think about the, the great Handel's Messiah and these parts of just pr- these, these praise choruses to God. Boy, how wonderful this, this day will be. Notice a couple of the words that they're going to give. Blessing. Uh, that, that's happiness and a multiplicity of, of good things that only God can give. And glory. That's the, the adulation and the magnification that God so richly deserves. And, and wisdom. That God is wisdom. And God, God defines true wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might. Now, God is great, not just in his magnitude, but he's great in his wisdom. He's great in his thinking. He's great in his doing. He's great in all of it. And these angels that sit around the throne of God and, and, and echo the praise of these tribulation saints are just effusively praising God for all of these various attributes and more. Amen. So be it. Let it be true. Verse number 13. I love this. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? So remember I told you uh, last episode uh, that the ones that were praising around the throne of God were the tribulation saints. And remember I said, there's a reason I'm telling you that because the Bible goes on to tell us that. Well, that this is that section. So the elder approaches John, one of the elders, and says, you know, who are these people that are around the throne of God that are praising him? They, they know who the angels are, obviously, but who are the others? And back in verses, we talked about them yesterday. Who are these others? And it's not that the elder doesn't know. It's that John doesn't know. And so the elder is asking the question to, to show John that it's okay to wonder and ask these questions. And, and I know that because of what the Bible says in verse number 14. And I said unto him, sir, thou knowest. So, so you know, John said, here this random elder comes up to John and says, John, you know, who are these people? And John says, well, sir, you know who they are. But I think the reason why he asked the question was to demonstrate to John, it's okay. It's okay that you don't know. It's okay that there are wonders and joys and secrets in heaven that have not yet been un, un, unveiled. And so who are they? John says, you know, and, and watch this now because he tells all of us. Verse number 14, John, I, I said unto him, sir, thou knowest, he said to me, these are they which came out of great tribulation, literally the great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So lest there be any question mark at all about who these people are, these are they that have been saved. Uh, These are tribulation saints that have come out of the great tribulation. So they're no longer suffering. They're no longer sick. They're no longer deprived. They're no longer in pain. They're no longer persecuted. They've come out of great tribulation. Now, how did they come out of great tribulation? Probably through death. 
You know, I think too often we view freedom and deliverance as being healing from or uh, the absence of a persecutor in our life or God taking vengeance upon the one that is attacking us. But honestly, death itself is a means by which God delivers. And the way by which these old, these tribulation saints have now entered into heaven and the way by which now they are free to praise God before his throne is that they have died. And in many cases, maybe in all cases, a martyr's death. And yet what matters is not the fact that they have given themselves in death because some die for the Lord. I think we should all be willing to die for the Lord. Some don't die for the Lord. The whole point here is that they're standing before God, not in their own goodness, but in the goodness that Christ has provided them because they are robed in white robes, having been washed by the blood of the lamb, having been made white. That's the key. The key is not what you have done. The key is what has he done. The key is not how good are you. The key is how good is he? And what we find even with tribulation saints and the incredible testimony that they will be, that it's not the works of righteousness. It's not the good things we've done. It's what Jesus Christ accomplished upon the cross that matters for Old Testament saints, that matters for New Testament saints, and that matters for tribulation saints. It's always been about and always will be about the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I hope that helps uh, today as we think about this great praise in heaven, praised by the tribulation saints, and then praised by the great angelic host that watches in. Hey, whether uh, you, uh, no matter where you're, you've been saved or where you came from, we all, we, we all have the opportunity to praise God for the salvation that only he provides. Hope that helps. God bless you, my friends. I'll see you next episode. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.